0: This is the EWN Podcast Network.
1: Welcome to Driving Outcomes, your source for inspired solutions to address the most pressing leadership concerns of today. On each episode, we examine the latest developments in applied research and education and how it impacts your business and social outcomes. Our host, Tracy Shirachi, brings you conversations with groundbreaking researchers, educators, and business leaders who are changing the face of leadership every day. And now, here's Tracy.
2: Hi everyone, this is Tracy. I'd like to introduce you to Roe Rogers. Uh, we're gonna be talking today about the competitive advantage of organizational agility or a follow-up to that previous episode. And as part of that previous episode, we had discussed not only about social and creative intelligence, but also artificial intelligence. So part of artificial intelligence is not only machine learning, as we know, or more about automatic processes, so to speak, but also the utilization of data. And I'd like to introduce you to Roe because he's an experienced consultant with former experiences with McKinsey and KPMG, and now has his own practice. And he specifically focuses on integrating data from different systems and helping individuals and organizations to better interpret that data to achieve a greater impact within their organization. And as a research and evaluation firm, we like to focus on outcomes versus output, but assessing situations, utilizing data to improve decision-making, And so I thought this would be a good opportunity for Ro and I to discuss how organizations can really focus on artificial intelligence, where to start, and what does it look like in terms of data analytics and making better management decisions, especially in an uncertain time. So Ro, I was wondering if you could share with us how uh, different organizations have really incorporated um, AI and data in general. Is it any... Things specific to a company or an industry or can anyone including service companies really benefit from this and uh, how
3: I, I think anyone can benefit from it i think that lots of times companies focus a little bit too much on the, a lot of the public facing uh ai and machine learning elements like chatbots and whatnot which tend to there's some complications about it because trying to imitate a person is difficult but there's a whole level of uh you know, much simpler, smaller things that, people, that companies can do to get some value out of analytics and, and machine learning um, where, you, you know, because it really applies to any company of any size because you think about any company, everything that you're doing, if you're doing, if anybody in your company is doing something that's very repetitive that you don't, you know, if it's very repetitive and relatively, you know, not even relatively simple, just repetitive, odds are, there's a chance that you could automate it to either save time, uh, automate a portion of it produce do something um, where, yeah. So companies all sizes, either from, you know, on their back ends where they're doing sort of robotic process automation, automating you know, reporting where you're setting up sort of automated, automated data flows and you're putting out into like a dashboard. So instead of having to ask an analyst to prepare a report every time you just go to a site like Tableau or something and you pull it up. Uh, Or if you want to see, you know, how it cuts up a different way, you just have a drop-down menu and you filter it differently. So, you know, there's so many ways that companies can use it and start small. Uh, Every, you know, as, as we talk through this, I think that you'll be able to see kind of companies at all levels will be able to do it to some degree. If you're a big company, you'll have a much bigger impact. You could have much more advanced products, but even as a small company, you could do quite a bit. I mean, and there's lots of tools out there. Help you do it. Um, but yeah, I think let's yeah, any industry, any size, any pretty much any size company uh, can do this and find some benefit. And so I think what you're through,
2: highlighting is it helps eliminate redundancies or inefficiencies. And it could be any type process, whether or not you have a formal process as a manufacturer, let's say or a distributor or a supplier, but it also can benefit a service company that has interactions right and a workflow process from which it can be as easy like you mentioned as printing out a report or who does it and you know the process from which you deliver your um end service so to speak
3: oh completely i mean it's every type of company anything that you're doing repeatedly in the same way where you're not having to use any sort of special judgment odds are some of it can get automated
2: which is great for a time like right now, especially where companies want to save costs and save on people and save on redundancies because you want people to be more productive but more efficient. So I think that's that's really you're talking about the internal uh, practice of you know AI and uh, data, which I think is significant and important for people to understand, right? And yeah, then,
3: if, and, and lots know. of times it's not the sex; it's not sort of like the sexy sales machine uh you know chat type stuff but even like just the simple side of that can be a little bit boring you know or you know marketing segmentation but just like the the more straightforward stuff of reconciling finance you know uh financials at the end of the month and closing financials uh, a lot of simple stuff that a lot of people are doing and spending time on you can automate a lot of that um, or prepare reports that simplify it significantly
2: so if someone wants to apply this and look at their internal processes, where do they start? So they want to become more, they've decided, you know, what I want to be more adaptable because what I'm going through right now under COVID-19 is a lot of change very quickly. And I realize that I need reporting processes and systems in place to help me manage that better. And going forward, if this were to ever happen again, which it likely will, how can I be more adaptable as an organization? So, as a company leader, where would I start, or how should I look at this if I wanted to implement and act upon this today? What's the best step that I should take first?
3: Yeah, I mean, so the basics for any sort of analytics or whatnot is just having data and having tools to work with it um, and so, what I'd say first off is currently go and look and see what you're you're already doing um, You know are you you sometimes people don't realize what people like what's going on with the company. If it's a bigger company, you may not know if it's a smaller company. Yeah. Maybe you are, you know, maybe there's only a handful of people and you know exactly what's going on. Um, you know, but you look at like Excel, Excel is kind of the, the basic analysis tool. Um, but there's ways to move on from that where you, if you start pulling in more data, you can start, um, you know, you, there's no limit on data size anymore as far as what you can do uh, there's, you know, but anyway, so I'll talk about tools in just a second, but as far as what the, you know, understand what you're doing currently, see what you are, see what you're doing, see what you have. Also see where you could do where more information or something else could do better. Um, like thinking about like, a we. I do a lot of work uh, around procurement and um, sort of renegotiation of, contracts. And you've got to understand what are, you know, for a particular category of product, let's say steel, what are you buying? Who are you buying it from? What you know, type and what grade of steel is it? Because if you want to go into a negotiation, you need to be able to see that and have it on hand. Uh, one company I worked at, which you know, had over a billion dollars in revenue. Uh, if you want to ask them how much steel they're spending every year, at a heavy equipment manufacturer, it would probably take them two weeks and they could probably just come up with a basic number. They couldn't tell you any details about what they're they buying, where there was overlap between vendors. Uh, and so, what, you know, and, you know, so part of our process was automate. So every day I pulled everything together and basically created a consolidated report. So they're able to go and look at that on a daily basis, see what's going on, and it helps, helped quite a bit with the negotiations and also understanding uh, how do you consolidate vendors. So understand where there might be overlap in, in product or spend, or if somebody is out of stock, can you ship from somewhere else internally?
2: Interesting. So, Cause I think um, we talk a lot about like mapping out workflows, right. And understanding like what your processes are, right. And assessing that. And then I think what you're talking about is the importance of Mapping that in, uh, out and starting to understand that. So, to your point, you can have greater transparency about information within the organization, even if you haven't consciously acknowledged you're using data. You really are using information, which is data, right? Yeah. So well, and, and processes. Now. Sorry, go ahead.
3: Yeah. And, well, and processes also are another, like, it's data. It's something that oftentimes isn't captured. So, it can be a little bit more challenging as a further step because then you have to understand a little bit more about, you know, how many, like if I'm looking at accounts payable, like how many invoices are they going through? How many checks are they cutting? What's that? And sometimes it's information that you have, sometimes you don't, but you know, it's another area where as you start to think about it, start to look at it and gather information, it's another area where you can say, all right, well, how productive are we? Do we think there's potential to, you know, um, you know what's the process, is it repetitive, it Can could it be automated, is there anything else we could do here, um, so yeah, it's data, there's all forms of data, and it's always just a matter of, you've got, if you look, look at something, and then try to figure out what exactly, what is this, kind of what's suspended in this bucket that I'm looking at, and then is it worthwhile digging in deeper?
2: So for those who don't, or are apprehensive about data, right, or don't really like numbers, right, or... I know even for myself, I'm very much a people person and very about intangible, like aspects of the business. And the irony is I own a highly uh, quantitative uh, focused business, right? Which is, but I think also emphasizes how it's, you can actually quantify anything and everything without even being conscious of it. You don't necessarily need to be an accountant or a finance person using numbers day in and day out. It's understanding processes and interactions, even when it comes to just people in general, but measuring that, right, is something we always advocate. So how would you talk someone through who has apprehension about data and they're not really um, somebody who embraces quantitative information? Um, I know a lot of business owners who don't even look at their financials because they'd rather have their accountant or their finance person do that because they don't like numbers, right? They want to deal with the operations of the business. So how would yeah. you talk them through um, like slowly adapting to a more numbers based environment to a certain extent
3: well, I guess so to a degree you're going to have some have to have somebody to sort of deal with some of the numbers um, but this is where kind of what like I, I'm a former cPA so I uh, used to live in the spreadsheet world, but also uh, have come up and i've reformed my ways um, and having to deal with you know, sort of translate between its two sides of executives and analytics. uh, You find that on the analytics side, you can go and do all the data detail and work, whatever, building it. But at the same time, you shouldn't expect an audience to actually have to go look at the numbers. Um, Yeah. I mean, nobody wants to go look at a spreadsheet full of numbers as much. You know, like I'm, you know, being a CPA, like that is a very bold statement to say, Um, you know, in my former life of that, but it's, but yeah, like we're essentially you have to think about it. We're so busy. We've all got so many other things really trying to incorporate a lot of the ideas and what the numbers are saying is very difficult. And you kind of have to almost, you have to simplify, 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 and then kind of just let like that, you know, monkey part of your brain that, you know, can under, you know, understand a picture and, you know, nothing beyond that. No numbers, just, you know, what is this pattern? look like? You know, does this look like a banana or does it not look like a banana?
2: Which I like what you're emphasizing because you're essentially saying like use visuals to emphasize the quantitative information, but visuals itself, even kids, right? Like kids can easily grasp the visual information more easily than quantitative information because they may not have already learned it. So similar to adults, right? Maybe being able to visually represent the data is really important and significant from that regard so that people embrace data a lot more easily because it's visually appealing and or easier to understand.
3: Yeah, you don't want to have to go, you know, I think there's a lot of complex charts and graphs and whatnot, but you don't if you have to spend any time looking at something, it's not a good chart or something that is like to tell you how your company's doing. Um, you really want to simplify it. You know, if you want to look at sort of like, you know, one example, we look at like areas of spend, you might list only like your top five categories and just throw everything else into like another bucket. Um, you know, there's obviously, obviously depends on the situation, but you're going to be looking at the important things. And it's a matter of how do you, how do you highlight those and how do you hide everything else that's not important?
2: And I, and I like that example like, that you use right there because it could be as easy as a pie chart, for instance, that shows like, you can see the different sizes of the different colors that correspond to, let's say those five areas. And you don't necessarily need to understand the numbers in depth, but you can get comfortable in being able to identify like which shade of a certain color is bigger than the others. Right.
3: So. And I'm even be like, and actually pie charts, I mean, funny you it, like are actually they found kind of hard to interpret and read because we don't do well interpreting the different relative sizes. Oh, and so yeah i mean it kind of it's that example
2: I mean, right. on my part <laughs> but well, no, I, of making but, it visually easy for someone who doesn't like numbers i like pie charts because it's kind of in the in between
3: <laughs> No, it, it, which is i mean it's it's totally understandable and it's just as you kind of go through it you realize you know it's like if you've got a bar chart it can be kind of boring but at the same time it's very easy to see real oh. sizes and that's actually one of the it's something to keep in mind where it's just really simple metrics where, you know, if you've got something that's really complicated that pulls in, you know, a million different factors to come up with a number. Okay. But if there's a problem with it, what do you do? And that's, you know, when you think about metrics and you think about how you know, people think about analytics being complicated, a lot of it is just, you know, try to keep them simple and try to keep them actionable. You know, if like, I mean, at a basic level, it's like, all right, if sales goes down, you can do something. You can, you know, work with your sales team to go increase it or, you know, costs are going up. You can do it, you know, do something and, you know, or cost of the product is going up. So you want to try to make them very simple and understandable. If so It's something that's too complex, too many elements going in. Where you're trying to act on it and there's, you don't have very simple levers to sort of respond with. It's not a great metric. And that's what I think that too many people think of where it's. Complicated. Um, you yeah, and there's times when you can have a lot of complexity on the, you know, if you've got a good numbers person or, you know, consulting team, uh, they can put a lot of complicated numbers into something like a forecast. But the output of that is like, hey, next month we think, you know, X is going to go up 10%. That's sort of the simple metrics you can work with and use, but don't, you know, but it, you've got to have a simple response. And if you don't have a simple response, it's probably not even a good metric to worry about. Um, Which I
2: appreciate, I think you're saying, I think other people can appreciate because given the situation right now, like data could be the farthest thing from someone's mind right now, given everything else they have to manage in terms of personnel, costs, sales growth, and is there growth? Um, Am I able to survive past, you know, next month or the next couple months? So I think you've really highlighted something really important is that people need to look at it very simply. But when you do, you can get a lot of clarity from that. So despite all the chaos and stress and anxiety you may feel as a business leader or as a leader of any organization, if you're able to simplify it properly and still look at the data, it can tell you things and help guide you rather than you lying upon your own judgment to make decisions and then being fearful that they might not be the right decisions. The data provides the clarity that you're seeking, but you got to keep it simple and easy and mm-hmm. not get overwhelmed by the prospect of having to look at quantitative information.
3: Exactly. And, and one of the other parts that people all too often forget is that, um, you know, that we I do a lot of work with, like sort of work with executives and you know, trying to translate analytics for them is they might want to go look at everything. And I, there's, I often have to push back and say like, no, you know, you've got an, you know, if this isn't supposed to be some sort of strategic dashboard you need to narrow this down. You've you know, you can't manage based on 20 different metrics, 20 different numbers. You've got to narrow that down and have just a, a handful uh, you know, or, you know, like three to five at most um, to say like, what are the, you know, what are the really the important things about your business or this part, you know, this department or this area and focus on that because with so many things, you, it's kind of the spreadsheet issue where you've got so many numbers. What do you look at? What do you track? If you cut that down, it simplifies it all less noise going on in your head, there's less fear, and you also have clear responses to that. So that way, it helps you focus on on what you need to be doing, rather than a bunch of noise.
2: And if you found, too, that by people being more clear about what they need to focus on, it's actually helped solve the other, the other concern, which is, how do I reduce costs, right? And where do I start, And where should, and when I'm trying to grow, yet reduce costs, the two are almost like opposites of each other, right? And so have you found too, when you focus and you've consulted with all the lot of companies that not only do you get more clear on what decisions you need to make, but you're also able to reduce costs.
3: Yeah. It helps a lot of things. It helps structure the problem where you kind of start from the top and say, all right, well, if my, you know, if my margin, if I'm worried about my margin and my margins going down, what's going on here. And, and you just kind of step through. Is it, you know, if I'm worried about my margin, is my you know what's going on with my price? What's going on with my costs? Uh, what's going on? You know, I guess that volume
2: would be something well, else. But yeah, volume of revenue. <laughs> yeah, product
3: mix. Um, but it, you start to ask those questions from a top-down approach, and that way it can help simplify things because once you say like I'm worried about this number, it's not. Well, I'm worried about steel at my plant in Oklahoma, which it, it's kind of like it. It could just be noise if you start from the, stop, you, from the top, you go down, you see what the problems, like you can add, it structures your questions and you find the problems that way. So um, in that respect, it helps keep you focused and avoid a lot of in your business because there's so many things going on.
2: And I think noise right now is the biggest thing going on in a lot of business leaders' minds because there's so much uncertainty going on in terms of what is going to happen. I mean, we even talk about reopening, but, different stages of reopening when is that going to happen like there's so much uncertainty and so much noise out there that we really want to anchor people into focus on your systems your processes your frameworks look at what data and information information in general right can help you make better decisions but simplified i think is what you've highlighted so that yeah. you don't get overwhelmed by it but rely on it to identify the areas or the gaps you have and that's what you should focus on and don't worry about any, everything else because if you focus on those key areas you'll essentially fix everything else that you're concerned or getting overwhelmed by for instance
3: exactly and with a lot of the uncertainty around things if you want to go and figure out well what if this happens what does that happen you don't have to figure out a mil you don't have to solve a million different problems you know let's say you've got five key metrics you're looking at you've got to solve five issues. You know, those can sort of chain down into bigger things, but yeah, it's that way. It at least starts to limit what you've got to worry about. You can focus on the important things. And, and I think way, what you
2: highlight is more manageable. Thinking about five things is more manageable than a hundred things, which I know for myself, but other business leaders that run companies and people and different aspects of a business is easy to get overwhelmed. But if someone just told me just think about five things and think about nothing else, I'd be happy along with everybody else right now.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well because you, you look at your car dashboard, like you don't have, you know, over time they've gone to realize, you know, you don't need to worry about your, your things got to be more reliable. You don't have to worry about your oil pressure as much. You don't have to worry about your radiator temperature. You've got a speedometer. That's what you use to drive your car. You don't, you know, there's a reason why you don't have your oil pressure Gauge front and center as the boat, you know, the, taking up the most geography on your real on your, um, dashboard. on your dashboard. Um, and so that's what I think that's kind of an important thing where it's like, there's a lot of stuff that are just going to work and you don't need to worry about. They're not important for your daily thing. You know, Hey, yeah. Uh, you got a warning light where if something goes catastrophic, yeah. Highlight it then, but otherwise don't, don't worry about it.
2: Well, Ro, I really appreciate your time today because it's been really helpful to talk to you about uh, data. Even as an individual who owns a research and evaluation firm, I'm not always uh, comfortable with data sometimes because I, I can understand and relate to the fact that people can sometimes find it overwhelming. And I know for us, just like yourself, we want to simplify that and really help individuals to be more clear on what it is they're trying to accomplish and still maintain their vision and still maintain their strategy that they had even pre-COVID. So I think it's been helpful to really have this discussion and I appreciate you highlighting that you really simplify and use data to simplify what you're going through and think about things versus think that you have to add it to everything else you're trying to deal with. Use it instead to really do the opposite, which is help you to run a more effective business, a more sustainable business, but a lot more easily than how we're currently making it because we have too much information or because we're looking at too many things or concerned about too many things. So I really yeah. appreciate that. And I think would like to, you know, follow up in the future. And for anyone who's interested in reaching out to ro, uh, Roe, if you don't mind sharing like your webpage or how they can get in touch with you, that would be great.
3: Yeah. You can uh, reach out to me at, or you can find me on my webpage at roerogers.com. Uh That's R O E R O G E R S.com or email me at roe at Rogers.com.
2: Perfect. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time.
3: Uh, thanks for having me on.
1: Thank you for joining us on this episode of Driving Outcomes. If you'd like to listen to or download other episodes of Driving Outcomes, go to ewnpodcastnetwork.com. This podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and most other major podcast networks. Please also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn as the Mark USA. We hope you'll join us again next week for more conversations with today's leaders who are driving for results and achieving phenomenal business outcomes.
0: Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? <laughs> I know I have. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Calling all speakers. eWomen Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.